Welcome to the I Am In podcast. This semester, the Boise Nampa Institute will interview members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We will hear stories from their personal lives, examples of how the gospel of Jesus Christ has blessed them. We hope you will join us each week to strengthen your faith in the Savior and gain hope for the future. Okay, today we are with Nicolette McKinley, um, one of the most amazing, talented, beautiful people I know. Um, I think, Nicolette, let's just have you start with a short introduction of who you are and where you grew up, and, and then we'll jump through all the great things that you have done. Yeah, sure. I grew up in a tiny town in southeast Idaho called Parker. There are 238 people in that town. Wow. So I always kind of felt like a like a bigger personality in a, in a small town. Um, so it's just north of Rexburg, but um, yeah, I, I grew up there and I just loved doing all the things. I loved doing all the sports and being on student council. And so um, I felt like that small town grounded me in such a way that that brought a lot of humility to my life. Um, my parents were pretty poor growing up. Like my mom was a stay-at-home mom my whole life, so she was always there for us. My dad worked probably at a $30,000 per year job, and I don't know how they did it, but we never lacked anything. We were happy. We had so much fun. We explored. Uh, we were riding bikes all the time, so I felt like that part of my background has grounded me to be a very grateful person. Wow, 235 people. <laughs> yeah. Like you're saying student council, I'm like, were you the student council? <laughs> yeah, so all of our small towns kind of combined into a bigger school. So there were uh, 120 people in my graduating class. Wow. So, But so many more opportunities than some of the big schools that we oh, have. Oh, yeah, it was so fun. You could, you could be involved in everything, mm -hmm. and you knew everyone. So... Yeah, it's it's different here for kids. I I have no idea how to relate to my kids now that you know they have a thousand kids in their class or whatever. But yeah, life changes so much on yeah. where you live and who you are surrounded by. Yeah. So what made you decide to go to college from this small town with the example of a mother who was always there for you? What inspired you to move on and gain an education? Yeah, neither of my parents went to college actually. So. I loved school. I just knew that I wanted more of it. I loved learning. And I think really what what helped me was having amazing teachers. You know, I had this one teacher, especially she was my English teacher. She was a crazy cat lady, but she <laughs> loved the kids and she loved teaching literature. And so she made me, she sparked this love for literature in me. And that's what I knew I wanted to do. I wanted to help other people. I wanted to inspire kids that like, if I could do that end of story, you know, like I would be a happy person. So that's what I did. I went to Utah state and that's, that is what the plan was to go to school, be a teacher and and yeah, that's where I met my husband. And so things worked out. Things worked out. You know, I look back on life and it is those key people. It's those small moments when you hear someone's story or you see someone's example yeah. and, we, and it clicks with you. I want to be that person. I want to do that. And that's the blessing of example. Oh. People really see what we do more than they hear what we say. And you never know who you're going to inspire by your actions or your words and your deeds. We, we have a ripple effect in in life that we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's a little scary sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> when you have cool. someone say, I remember when you, and I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, so you went to Utah State. You chose to major in what? Yeah, so I, I majored in English teaching and physical education coaching was my minor. And so it's funny, you know, it's just funny how life works out. I thought that I would always want to work. I, I, I applauded my mom for being a stay-at-home mom, but I always thought she could have done something more, you know, she could have been more. And so I had this, like, I don't know, misconception, I guess, in my mind that, that if you're a mom, you're just a mom, but I wanted to do more. So I thought, you know, kids will be fine in daycare. They do it all the time. Like kids, they thrive. So I, you know, I, I graduated from Utah State and I taught for three years and then I got pregnant with my first baby and that changed everything. <laughs> Once you see that yeah, face. <laughs> it did. So, so I only taught for three years and then Gosh, my heart's desire was that I just wanted to be a mom. I knew that the most important job I could do was to shape these four little beings that were within my care. Mm -hmm. So I um, decided to quit teaching, um, but I still had that burning desire to do more. You know, I still wanted to do more. I still wanted to be more. And I loved writing and I loved being involved with people and, um, and so I, I just, I knew I would still do something more and a great opportunity presented itself for me so that I was able to work from home. And that was How Does She? So, um, gosh, it was about 2009 when blogging, and I'm using air quotations <laughs> because like <laughs> blogging was just coming on the scene. Maybe and define was, blogging because there's some young adults that don't even know what blogs oh, are because they're gosh. kind of disappearing. Back in the day, um, this, I feel like it dates me, but um, back in the day, this was kind of like the first social media platform. Yes. So really it was like you could put pictures of your family and you could talk about your life. Um, you could talk about your feelings towards certain, I don't know, your beliefs. It was basically like journaling online that everyone could see. And it was fun to share. Like, it was. Right? Look at what I did yes. yesterday. Yes. It was fun to share. And you couldn't get on every single day. You'd check everybody's blog. You know, everyone you knew. You were like, oh, what has Sister Burke been up to today? Or, you know, what's my sister doing? So you would check these blogs. So anyways, mm -hmm. blogging obviously has evolved a ton. But um, my sister-in-law, Shelly, she started a blog with a few of other ladies from her ward, and they have a kind of a cool story too. You know, they were moms that also just wanted to do something more. They, they felt like, I want to be a mom, but I also want to contribute to something. So they each, you know, kind of ran it by their husbands, hey, like, hey, can we, can we just like use $300 out of the budget me and my two friends want to start something and that was like diaper money back at the time like food money and so it was kind of a sacrifice so they started this little blog and gosh um almost 20 years later it's a thriving business for them and i've been able to be a part of it um i write content for them and i've become the sponsorship manager for how does she and so gosh i life is funny isn't it Oh yeah. Now go back for a minute 
the blog they started, what was the motivation and what was the the theme that they wanted to start writing about. So they go from writing about their personal lives to... Right, and they wanted to help women. They wanted to bring ideas to women. Ideas about birthday parties, about family trips, you know, um, what what to cook. And so there's recipes, there's, there's fun family ideas on there and um, inspiration in parenting and relationships. So basically it was meant to inspire other women. And the hunger was there because they were writing blogs. They were looking for things to read, looking for inspiration. And we were learning yes. from each other. I, I remember scoping yeah. through other people's blogs thinking, oh, I didn't know that's how they did it. And oh my gosh. So right? I think the generation at that moment was having that experience in a small way. And they capitalized on women are hungry to know a oh, better way to do something. Absolutely. It was like the renaissance of ideas because now ideas were online and people were sharing them and sharing recipes and and they're pinning things on Pinterest and like ideas just exploded and it was so fun and so great um, to be a part of that. How did you come up with topics for each of you to write? Because you took turns writing, right? Right. And, and were you producing daily, weekly? How often was it right. coming out? Um, yeah, weekly. And my job kind of came in as, I don't know, I, I'm, I like to observe. I'm an observer. So I like to observe human nature, um, how people react in, in parenting or parenting myself or relationships. So really my job kind of came in as a strength to share ideas in like parenting and relationships and um, inspiring our readers to think about kindness or how we treat other people. So that's kind of what I started writing about and really the spirit helped me a lot in the topics that I would come up with and, you know, things that I would observe and the spirit would, would send a thought to my brain and, and then my brain would just start going. And so I was writing all of this great stuff that in turn, I think helped a lot of people. I love when the spirit works like that. You're not sure where to go yeah. and an idea comes and then all of a sudden you're running down a road because you have a direction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know that uh, President Nelson has talked about how like at night, that's when he'll like get his inspiration and that ha seems to happen to me too. Like I will wake up with an idea that just was just planted there. It's just it has to be inspiration. And then I, I have to get up and I have to write things down. Otherwise I know they'll, they'll be gone. And that's so, the same in the scriptures. I mean, Lehi talks about, he laid down and in a dream, we have the beautiful dream of the tree yes. of life. And so the Lord does work in our unconscious, subconscious, I don't know how you oh, want to term absolutely. it, but he finds a place when our mind is at rest so mm -hmm. he can teach. Absolutely, and he works on each of us differently. And I think when you kind of um, tune in to how the Lord speaks to you is when you can really start to listen better and, and to be more effective at like sharing your gifts. Yeah, too. absolutely. Give me an example of an article or two that you wrote for How Does She that was fun to research and... Yeah, so, um, you know, I drew a lot of inspiration from uh, my experience as a teacher. So uh, I was a teacher in Florida for a few, those few years, and I was really one of very, very few members in a very huge school. So... You know, as I said, I grew up in a very small place where there were a lot of members. And then I went into this big ocean of people with 
not a lot of members. And so I felt like I kind of was like a missionary without really preaching the gospel, but but I could be an example to not only my students, but fellow teachers of what someone from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints like looked like, acted like. And so um, I kind of just like that, I took on that mission and it was, it was fun. And I think what I learned was that you can either be one of two people in this life. You can be a builder, someone who builds somebody up, or you can be a bulldozer, someone who tries to tear other people down. And so I, I had an idea for this article. It came from something that happened to me, and it was based on a student that I had that came in every single day to my intensive reading class, and he just immediately stuck his head down on the desk done like didn't didn't participate didn't want to participate had no friends like he just came in and sat there and so I kind of like took it upon myself like man what does this kid need he needs something he he needs love for one and so every single day I would just try something new I would you know, I'd go over and I'd just kind of put my hand on his shoulder and I'd say, hey, how's it going today? And just started off small. And if I was lucky, maybe I'd get like a nod of the head. And then one day I noticed he had a magazine in his backpack and it was a car, like a muscle car magazine. And I said, hey, you like cars, huh? And he, he kind of perked up and, and yeah, I like cars. Uh, well, do you have any cars? Do you work on cars? He's like, yeah, me and my dad are working on a car. Bingo. Like I had an in. Now I just had to find out some more about cars <laughs> because I knew nothing about cars. So I would I'd get on the internet and I'd research things that I could say to him without acting like I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. So, so I would uh, research a few things. And so the next day I'd say, hey, you know about that Ford blah, 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 you know? And immediately he, his head came up he was engaged and almost he couldn't stop talking. And from then on, every single day, I just tried to engage him in some way like, hey, Michael, what do you think about this? And you know what? His whole countenance changed. Because someone cared. Because someone cared. And so in this article, it's called, uh, Build, are you a builder or a bulldozer? So I wrote this article for How Does She? And it was stating this experience and it was kind of an introspective piece on how are we treating people? Like those people are all around us. We can either build them up or we can tear them down because that kid had had a lot of tearing down in mm -hmm. his life, I could tell. So for one person to come in and build him up, it was... It's a game changer in that moment, everything right? everything for him. And it makes all the difference when someone takes it notice yeah, and absolutely. then takes time so, to read about cars at home and yeah. bring back a conversation. So I wrote this article and, you know, you put it out to the world and you're like, eh, maybe someone will read it. Well, it turns out a lot of people read that article and it was pinned all these times. And I got so many messages um, saying, oh, I read this to my kids um, for family home evening or, oh, we read this in our Christian youth group and... Um, it was just really cool to see that you could have that kind of influence. You know, me just a little stay-at-home mom thinking that that's that's a what what my job was to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, guess what? Like 
I have more to contribute. I could do more too. Mm -hmm. And be a stay-at-home mom, I could do both. So I really believe that's one of the gifts of motherhood. You know, when we if we really believe in the plan that God we lived with him before we came here and we came down here for a purpose, he really did bless women with the gift of motherhood, the gift of empathy, the gift to see beyond, the gift to nurture and uplift and breathe life into these brand new little babies we bring into the world. And having that gift and being able to see, I need to build this one up, who's needing me, um, what an inspired moment. And, and thus, that inspiration was felt and reverberated as many places as your article was read. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, that was really cool to see that you could lift and build other people even just by what I wrote. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're, it's the ripple effect, right? Yes. Your influence, whatever you're good at, go for it, you know? What are your talents? What are your God-given talents that, that Heavenly Father has blessed you with? And how can you share those in your own way to make mm-hmm. it work, make it work for you? And that's, that's what I feel like I've done the past... Um, yeah, 13 years. My oldest is 13 year now, and I, I still can work from home, and it's great, but I have I can still be a mom. I can still go to all their games that they're at. I can take them to soccer practice. I can be there to pick them up if they're sick at school, you know? And so, man, it's been... Heavenly Father has blessed me a ton in that regard. And how has being a mother of four darling children, by the way... Um, inspired you on your articles that you've written because you're living the experience of be a builder builder. you're you're living that every day and so how much inspiration is coming off of every little moment that you're having with your family oh I learn I learn so much from my kids and uh you know it's not all roses (laughs) you know that like parenting isn't all roses all the time and so you know I've written about um I've written about a few of my kids having anxiety and how I've had to to learn how to help them navigate anxiety in this world. Or I've written about um, my kids are intensely shy and how that's been kind of a struggle for them Whereas it's not a struggle for me. So it's funny. I think, you know, before you have kids, you envision what your... Perfection. Yes. You envision (laughs) what your kids are going to be like. And, you know, as a really outgoing person myself, I never thought I'd have shy kids. I never thought I'd have boys. I was ready for (laughs) all these dark-headed little girls and I got boy, boy, boy. Right. So, yeah, I've learned a lot in parenting, so I write about that a lot. And it's helped a lot of people. I've had people reach out to me and, and ask, you know, like, what did you do when your um, 10-year-old was having anxiety? And and so I'm able to, to help and to talk about it. And I've always been a really open person. You know, I like to talk about it how it is. And so I think that's what people like to hear. They like to hear realness. They want to hear you being real. And you can still be a really strong member of the church and you can have a strong testimony and you can still be real. Yeah, and being real is the most powerful way of blessing each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what the blog did, which then did it turn into a website? Where did it develop from a blog to? Yeah, I mean, it pretty quickly became a website and um, and it's it's still growing today and and now it's become a business. That's what, that is what was interesting is, is how a journaling type of blog became like a six-figure business for these moms. And now they're thriving and, you know, they can live off of their blog and, 
yeah, it's, it's interesting the ways that you can make money that are not your traditional. traditional. Yeah. 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 There's which, a lot of different options out there. And social media has opened that wide open, yeah. right? You, yeah. you can do this on any platform now, yeah. but it's, there's got to be a little bit of inspiration behind it, a motive to do good. Absolutely. And it bursts open. And it, how do you keep the humility in the process as you see the success keep coming? Sure. And I mean, you have to be sincere because your audience can see through that in a second. And if you're not sincere about what you're writing about, then they're not on board, you know? Our attention spans are so short now that if right. if you're not being being um, real, if you're not being sincere, it's you know you're no one no one will want to listen. No, and that and that's an interesting time of our day too. Scrolling, yeah, you've got a second to make an oh, influence, yeah. or you're just passed right by. Absolutely, <laughs> on every platform. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's a struggle too because there is a lot where the Lord teaches us to pause and ponder. And, and connect with him. And that's difficult for our world that has sped up and gotten faster and faster and faster. And oh. to stop the speed of everything around us, to center yourself is a difficult task now. And you know what? The more that I do that for my job, the less I want to be on social media, to be honest with you. It is so busy. It is so loud. And while there are good things, my soul craves peace. Mm -hmm. And for me, a lot of times that means turning it off. So if I, I treat it, you know, like a job, I treat it like a job. It's my whatever nine to five or however long I work. And then I turn it off because I, I need that peace. Our, our spirits need that peace. Yeah. And we need the real life. We need to mm -hmm. go out in the sunshine and have yes. experiences with, for ourselves, for our families, yes. with our friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jump back for me. I want to know how you met Zach. Okay, so um, yeah, this is a fun story. Zach and I both grew up in Idaho and we never knew it. And uh, we actually met our first week at Utah State. And um, I wish it was at Institute. It was not. It was at a dance club. <laughs> it was at this dance club where, you know, there were two rooms. And one room was the hip-hop room where you could go dance hip-hop. And then, the, you, then you could just walk a little bit away. And then you could country dance. So it was like country music, hip-hop music. And you would just kind of jump back and forth. So anyway, Zach and I met at this dance club. And... Now I know where my kids get their shyness. It's from him. <laughs> he was in the shadows. I didn't even notice him. So I was dancing with his friends all night long. And here Zach was, my future husband. I didn't even know it. He's in the shadows. And uh, I started hanging out with his friends. And, and they were all asking me on dates. So I, so I went on dates with all of his friends. And, you know, I was at their apartment one day. And we were just playing pool. And, and I turned the corner. And here was this guy. He was eating pizza and he had the cutest gap in his teeth and I was like, where has this guy been? So anyways, I don't, I don't know if it's fate. I really, I don't know how much Heavenly Father has a hand in our lives, but I feel like, I feel like Zach and I were like destined to be together because we would just keep like seeing each other in chance places and, and it was like, okay, I think we need to like, we need to explore this. So we dated and Gosh, we had like the best three months. It was it was like we were doing everything together. We were laughing. We loved to play golf and we'd play softball and we'd just like climb up on the roof and talk for hours, you know. 
It was just so good that after three months of perfectness, I knew that I had to break up with him. It what? Was just, <laughs> I just, it was too good to it be was true. It was too good. I was young. It was my freshman year of college. I just wanted to like experience college. And even to this day, I still feel like that was the right decision to make. But so what does that mean? How uh, long was it this broke breakup? his heart? You know, we said we still wanted to be friends. And uh, so the breakup lasted uh, a few years and we'd still see each other. That was the funny thing. Like we were always we were always friends. I mean, he was the one that I'd call when my tire when I blew a tire. It was always him. It was always Zach that I would call. And uh, I think in the back of my mind, I, I must have known, right? But anyways, like college goes on. Um, I, I date other people, he dates other people, but it wasn't until he met a girl and got very serious about her that I knew I was in trouble. So, and, and she ended up getting baptized. And then I really knew I was in trouble. And, uh, I, man, the spirit can speak to you in the most unexpected ways. I was, I was driving, I'll never forget it. I was driving from my hometown through his hometown back to Logan. And uh, it was like fire in my heart. It was like, he was the one, like it, it was him. And that was the spirit talking to me, I know it was. And uh, so, so from then it was operation, get Zach back. <laughs> And I did things I wasn't necessarily proud of. I mean, I stalked him and saw where his classes were, where he was going to be, so I could, you know, just happen to run into him um, right outside his class, just so he knew, hey, I'm still here, you know. I'd make him cookies. My friends and I hosted a car wash and invited him to <laughs> come over. I was working it so hard. And one day I was like, I gotta just lay it all out there. So he'd been dating this girl seriously for about a year. And I was like, it is now or never. I am gonna lose him or like, or I need to move on with my life. I don't know, I just need to know. So I wrote this heartfelt note. And for me, I've, I've always been better with writing, you know? It's just my, my strong suit. So I laid it all out there, basically told him that I loved him. And like, did I even have a chance? Did I totally blow it or would I still have a chance? And I had to stick it under his car handle because I knew he was with his girlfriend in it. But I'd seen him, he was at a basketball game that I was at. And so I knew he was there and I knew I, it, this was the moment. Like I had the note, it was burning in my hand. I had to get rid of it. I put it under his car handle and luckily he found it and he just stuck it right in his pocket and he saved it for later. He, he didn't even know what it was, but he was like, okay, there's a note, I'm gonna stick it in my pocket. So he read the note and I heard nothing. Oh, that's so a hard. A week goes by. I am dying inside. Like, did he get the note number one? Did he read it? What did he think? And this was before like really smartphones, you know, you guys are so lucky now, but this was back in the like texting only. The slide phones. Yes, the slide phones. And so um, finally like, two weeks go by and I had to ask one of his friends, like, did he get the note? What happened? And anyways, like long story short, he, 
he never felt right about this girl. And so this was just like cosmic intervention, you know, bringing us back together. And we dated for another year after that, just to make sure like, yeah, is this what we both want? I mean, and things were just as good as they were the first time. And so, yeah, we, he asked me to marry him and I said, yes. And there we go. We're still best friends today. So I love the boldness of this story because so many people let those moments pass by and then you live a life of regret. Right. Right. I, I just, I had to know like one way or another, I had to know. And so, gosh, it was scary to lay it all out there, but sometimes you got to go big, right? You got to just do it. And you got the reward. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I did. Like I said, there must be something like Zach and I must have known each other in the pre-existence or something. We must have some pact up there that like we'll find each other. And I don't know. I don't know how that all works. I think you can be happy with a lot of people. So who knows? But, but your heart drove that one yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then you two have had your four children. These last few years has been a little difficult in just you think life will turn out one way and then sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and I think that COVID had a huge part in that, right? Right, like, for so many people. Threw everyone for a loop. And unfortunately for us, we were right in the middle of, um, <laughs> we, we sold a house and we had a plan to build a house and be, be in it. And, you know, COVID hit and, and that put us in, in our in-laws, living with our in-laws with four kids in two tiny bedrooms and one bathroom for over two years. And I mean, that was tough, that was hard. And, and mostly just not knowing like, what's gonna happen with the world? Like, where is my place in the world? I don't even know. It just kind of made me reevaluate everything. And- uh, How'd you get through it? Well, um, I prayed so many times. <laughs> I, I was on my knees so many times during that year. And uh, I, I have a few cool like, inspiring stories too that got me through that year and and a lot of times it was the spirit speaking a few scriptures to me um and one time really stuck out and it was just i was driving a carpool it was a carpool full of volleyball girls i it was chatty 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 i just dropped them off and so it was that silent moment right it was quiet and for some reason i didn't have the radio on i was just like unwinding and the scripture just pierced my mind and it said it was the scripture that says uh something to the effect of this life is is uh, the time for us pre to prepare to meet god so um that's all i needed like i this time no matter how hard it was i could choose to do things that would prepare me to meet my heavenly father or i could wallow in my misery that was it and, and it was the coolest scripture to just come into my head. I hadn't been reading it. it had, that was very cool inspiration. Mm. President Nelson just spoke to the young adults in May and his title of his talk was Choices for Eternity. And he said, every choice that you make has a destination. So are you making telestial choices or are you making terrestrial choices or celestial choices? Mm -hmm. um, and every single choice leads you to where it is you're going to end up. Yeah, yeah, it's move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Wherever you're at, try to move forward just keep moving forward and yeah so it was it, I, a good distraction for me during that time was starting this little business that i started which was kind of another like just go big moment 
And, and I really am not that type of a go big person. I'm actually pretty cautious about things, but gosh, it was 2020. Um, who knew what was gonna happen? And I'd always had this idea in the back of my head, like, oh, like gourmet popsicles, wouldn't that be so fun? Wouldn't that just make people happy? Wouldn't that be a cool business to have like a little food truck? And 2020 hit and I was stuck, you know, in my in-laws house and just didn't even know what the world was gonna do. So I thought, why not? Let's just, let's just start this little gourmet popsicle business. And how did you do that? How did you start? I, the funniest thing was that I started by buying a stamp that said the business name on it, Swag Pops. And that was the scariest thing in the world for me. It was like a $20 stamp, but I felt like I'd just, I don't know, done something really big. Like, oh my gosh, now, now it's real. Now I gotta do it, cause I'm gonna, you know. So, so, and then I started developing recipes. So while we were in quarantine, I just started making popsicles and we were testing recipes and my kids were, were trying it out and everyone was trying it out and everyone was happy because they were having popsicles all the time. And so I would just, I would make up recipes and I developed some that I really loved and ever got tons of feedback from people. And then I just put it online. You know, I just started a Shopify account and guess what? I'll deliver popsicles to you. Everyone loved it because everyone was in quarantine. I'll just drop them off on your doorstep. Wow. So I did that and it made people happy and it made me happy to feel like I was helping people in some tiny little way, even if it was just to bring a smile to your face because you got a treat on your doorstep. Oh yeah, because the doorbell was so unusual during that right? pandemic here. No yeah. one rang the doorbell. Yeah, so, so it started then and uh, it just kind of grew and grew. I got, got a little truck, a little trailer that I converted into <laughs> this little popsicle trailer. And so, you know, it's a fun little side gig to you go around and you just go to events and you make people happy by, by having popsicles. So there's lots of things you can do. That's yes. what my bottom line is, is, you know, for these young adults out there, there's just, there's so many options. And my patriarchal blessing says something to the effect of you can provide for your family in whatever means you you want, basically. And I always took that as like, but what? Tell me, you know, it, it always gave me a little anxiety. Like, well, what is there? Is there one path I'm supposed to take? But now that I look at it, I think, no, like there's a lot of different paths you can take and you can be successful. Just go for it, you know, pray use the strength of the Lord to help you and you can be, you can do it. Yeah, it's like a ski hill. You can start at the top and there's many different ways down yes. to the lodge, right? Yes, And absolutely. you can have adventures through the trees or along the, the paths or whatever way, the cat track yes. that gets you to the bottom, but everybody's journey is different. I love that. That's a perfect analogy. Yep. <laughs> Go for the gold. Yep. Well, I am so grateful to hear your story. I would love you to end with um, just your testimony. Why, why are you still in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And how does it bless you through all the wonderful things that you've done? It is the best thing that this world has right now. You know what I mean? It is, it is light. It is hope. And I will keep clinging to that hope till the day that I die. Um, I, you know, I was reading the Book of Mormon with my kids and we were reading the story of Abinadi. And this was a lot, you know, a few of my kids first time even learning about Abinadi. And that's, that's why I am still in this gospel because of people like Abinadi, you know, 
preaching to people who who were so wicked that they could care less about about God. And and here's Abinadi, and he's pouring his heart out, and he's, his testimony is firm, and he ends up going down in flames for something that he believes so strongly in. And that's why I'm still here, because I believe it. That's awesome. And it blesses our life every day in so many It does, ways. it really does. Thank you, thank you for the conversation today and thank you for sharing your message and your life story with us. You are so welcome. <laughs> thank you for listening.